Jimmy G Buckets. The G stands for gets. Jimmy Butler has himself a game. He take the series to 2-1. Make it a series. Make it interesting. Cowboys lose. Eagles win. Brady looks like himself again. Brady looks like the GOAT. Back in England, Liverpool and United get absolutely trashed. Crazy, crazy weekend of sports. My name's Ismael San Juan. This is Hard to Handle Sports, Episode 9. Let's get to it. Jimmy Butler, man oh man, he put on a show yesterday. If you guys didn't see it, I suggest you guys go watch some highlights. Go check up NBA Finals Game 3. Jimmy Butler went off, man. Jimmy Butler scored 40 points, 13 assists, 11 rebounds. Put that team on his back. It was just a great performance. Uh, he basically he controlled the whole game. 13 assists, 11 rebounds, 40 points. He was the best player on the on the court yesterday. Easily, um, LeBron and AD didn't show up. AD had uh, early foul trouble, so that that was a uh, part of the reason why he wasn't so aggressive and he could never get into a, a good rhythm. LeBron just looked very passive. It looked like he might have been a little un- uninterested in the game. Um, definitely expect more from him. He had, I believe, he ended with eight turnovers. That's unacceptable. LeBron can't be turning the ball over that much. He can't turn the ball over that much, and the Lakers expect to win. It's just not going to happen. The, the Miami Heat are, are a good team, even without a bomb, Bam, and uh, Drogic. So, yeah, shout-out to the Heat. I was, I'm, I'm actually, as a Laker fan, I'm, I'm obviously upset that the Lakers lost Game 3. But as a basketball fan, I'm kind of I'm kind of happy. I'm kind of happy just because it's the NBA Finals. Like, you know, this is what we wait for the whole year. We want a competitive finals. And I want to see a competitive finals, especially because, like, the last few years when the Warriors were dominating, like, those finals were were not that fun. Like, it was an aforementioned who was going to win. It was going to be the Warriors. Um, I do live in the Bay Area, so it's kind of cool. Not really. I don't really like Warrior fans, but it was a... It was like, you know, it was a foregone conclusion. It was a formality at that point, just going to the, like, you know, just watching the games, just seeing the games just because they're on, not because, you know, you want to see who's going to win. You kind of always knew that the Warriors were going to win, other than when LeBron came back 3-1. But I I, I thought this season was going to be the first season in a long time that it was going to be competitive and it was going to be, like, uh, a really good final and anybody could get there and stuff like that. And... Honestly, the Lakers had pretty much coasted all the way to the finals, and then to sweep in the finals wouldn't be as entertaining. So shout-out to the Heat. Shout-out to Jimmy Butler for coming out yesterday, firing on all cylinders. Um, They deserve a win. They got one. I would be very surprised if they get another one, to be honest. Um, I don't think Jimmy Butler could have keep playing 45-plus minutes and then do this much, get triple-doubles, get 40-point triple-doubles, and then... I don't think AD will get in foul trouble like that again. I don't think he'll uh, he'll be as as timid as he was yesterday. He just it, I I feel like it's all a, a reaction of getting early fouls. Like once you get early fouls, you don't you don't play as aggressive on defense or on offense just because you always have that possibility of getting another foul and then you get pulled out and then you you're, you're sitting in the bench just watching. So I think that's what it was for AD. I don't want to give him any excuses. It's unacceptable. Like the level of performance he had yesterday is just not not what we've come to expect from him. And LeBron too. It's just 
it looked like they were super passive. They weren't. It, it kind of felt like they didn't take the the Heat seriously, especially during the game. The Heat took an early thirteen point lead, and then within five minutes, the Lakers came back and took the lead, and then they kind of let off the pedal, let off the gas again, and then early third quarter, Heat take a fourteen point lead, and it's like, all right, do the Lakers have it in them to bring to bring it back? And they did, and they brought it back, and they took the lead. And the Lakers actually had the lead with like eight minutes and fifty-five seconds or something like that. Eight minutes fifty-five seconds, they had the lead, and then they let off the gas again. And then Miami, Jimmy Butler kind of took over, and then it was too late to make another comeback. And then that was the game. So what I expect from the Lakers is uh, I expect them to take the Heat more seriously. I expect them to come out with more intensity next game, and I expect AD and LeBron to play like AD and LeBron, two of the top five players in the league and if they do that the heat no matter how many points jimmy butler puts they don't have a chance i would say if duncan robinson and tyler hero start getting hot uh they might have small small chance but i don't think it's it's just so much that they're cold is that the it's more that the lakers just have such a good defense that they're not letting them get the shots that they want so if bomb comes back bam comes back for game four um, they might have a slight higher chance, but honestly, I think the Lakers are just gonna gonna win the next two games. They're gonna close this thing out. It's gonna be a another five game series, and then that's gonna be it. But I do wanna just you know harp on the fact that I'm giving Jimmy Butler all the props in the world. He he's a, he played amazing yesterday. Um, I know he got a lot of bad slack during his time in his previous teams. He played for. He can he got drafted by the Chicago Bulls 30th overall last pick in the first in the first round and then he developed there he went from like a defensive player to like a 3 and D or not not really a 3 and D he he never had the 3 but he was just a really good defensive player and then his offense offensive game came and he became like an all-star with them and then he fell out with the Bulls and he went with Minnesota and then he fell out with Minnesota and, and went to Philly and then he fell out with Philly and now he's with the Bulls I mean with the Heat and and during during those years where he was trans- transitioning from team to team, to team, uh, he always got that bad label that he was like a cancer in the locker room. That he was too outspoken. That he rubbed people the wrong way. And now he's with the Heat, a, a real decent organization that actually knows what they're doing. That is well run by Pat Riley and everybody there, Spolstra. And you see that uh, it might have not been Jimmy. It, it, it should, it's probably the other franchises that just didn't know how to be run or, or then they don't expect greatness from their player or, or their goals are just not the same as Jimmy. And Jimmy being the competitor that he is was not comfortable or would be outspoken when he was in those situations like, hey, come on, like this is not the right. And then the players from those teams, Cat, you know, Embiid or whoever you want to say from the Bulls, they're, they're, not, they're not the competitor that Jimmy is. So I, I could see how he would, uh, he would rub some people the wrong way, but I'm glad he's getting his shine. I'm glad people are, you know, mentioning him. Everybody has Jimmy Butler's um, name in, his, in their mouth. Everyone's talking about him. Everyone's like, damn, this guy's, this guy's legit. He's pushing himself to, like, the upper tier of NBA players, and I'm very happy for him, especially just because he was not a big name. He came out of Marquette. He, he developed. He, he, you know, he trusted the process, basically. His grind never stopped. He, he was never, like, a five-star recruit. He never had the notoriety. And now he's in the finals. He's balling out, 40-point triple-double. Um, I did find it funny when he told LeBron and the Lakers 
that you're in trouble, you're in trouble. And then uh, I know some Laker fans were like getting upset, or just some fans were like, "Oh man, why is he talking? Like they're they're about to get they're about to get a uh, gentleman sweeped, and like he he's gonna regret that." But I honestly, I I love when NBA players talk talk their talk, and like when they're feeling themselves, I think it adds an, a nice aspect to the game. Like y- you should want to talk shit to other players. You should want to like you know let your emotions out. It's 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 a competition. It's it's a high intense competition. Like you want you want your players to feel free and talk their talk. Um, and later on in the press conferences, in the press conference, he announced or he clarified that situation. He said that LeBron was the one that actually, like in the first quarter when the game was kind of closed, LeBron told him that that they were in trouble. So he was just getting him back at the end of the game when when he kind of closed it out, and he was just getting LeBron back for what he told him in the first, which makes sense. He was like, "Nah, I'm not just going out there talking shit." But I know, I know, people are already already gonna have that clip ready for when, when, if and when the Lakers uh beat the Heat, that they're gonna have that clip of Jimmy Butler saying, "Yeah, you guys are in trouble. You guys are in trouble." Just to like you know, rub it in his face that no, in fact, the Lakers were not in trouble. And then the the other one that caught my attention was uh after Jimmy Butler did that, and then I think that he got a stop, and then Tyler Hero went down the court and he got an end one to like completely like just ice the game. And then he started like mean mugging the camera, and he was acting all tough, and he was like he was feeling himself. And I, I honestly, I like that too. I was like, all right, like let's bet, bet, let's do it, let's run it back game four, let's let's see what y'all made of. But I, I already on Twitter, on Laker Twitter, I already saw um, people making edits because th- this this has happened to the Lakers throughout the whole playoffs, where uh, a team gets a game on them, and they they start like getting super confident, they start getting super you know their, their bravado goes up they just get really pumped they think they're gonna win the series it happened in game one of of the of the first round versus the portland trailblazers damon lillard scored like a dagger three and then right as he's coming back to the to to, to defense like there's a song playing in the background and he's like he likes that song so he starts like dancing and then in the second series against the rockets game one the rockets uh russell westbrook got like a dagger shot towards the end of the game and uh he was just looking at everybody and just talking his shit he was just like being very, he was like barking at everybody and the announcers even like mentioned it like oh and he's he's talking to anybody that'll listen to him and he's just barking at everybody you know like what russell westbrook always does you know like just being super like animated with his with his like head movements and stuff as he's talking like ah and I was like, all right, that's dope, that's dope. I like, I, I honestly, Russell Westbrook used to be my favorite player in the NBA, so I was like, you know what, that's that's cool, that's cool. Like, you guys got game one, fine, let's do it. And then they never won a game, so it was funny that 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 got added to the edit. So, uh, both Damian Lillard and Russell Westbrook game one, feeling themselves, and then they never won a game. And then in the in the Western Conference Finals against the Nuggets, Lakers were up 2-0 in the series, and then in game three. Um, Jamal Murray hits a dagger three to close it out, and they get they get that game. And as he's as he hits that dagger three, and he's walking back to his sideline or to his bench side, he starts like doing a little like a little like dance, like you know, feeling himself. And everybody was like, "All right, this is, this is gonna be the exact same thing as what happened earlier with with Lillard and Westbrook." And sure enough, Nuggets didn't win another game, and they lost in five. So I I feel like this is gonna happen. This is gonna happen to Jimmy Butler, and this is gonna happen to Tyler Hero. Like, yeah, you guys got a game. Congratulations. I I I honestly appreciate you guys' 
little swagger to you guys. Like, honestly, keep that up. More players in the NBA need to just not be buddy buddy with with their with their uh, opponents and just let talk their talk. But I think that I think that's it. I think that's the only game you guys the Heat are gonna get. I think the Lakers should wrap this up in the next two games. And if I'm not mistaken, today's Monday. They play again tomorrow, Tuesday, and then Thursday. By Thursday, by Thursday, Lakers should be crowned NBA champions. <clears throat> as far as the as far as the NFL is concerned, week four is almost in the books. I'm recording this early Monday, so we still have two Monday night games going on uh later on today. But uh most of the games are are on the are done. I'll put the scores up just right here just so you could uh see them and I'll put them in the description just so if you're listening to this on something you could just take a quick little glance at them or you know um most people most people know uh, the scores or whatever but just I have some four some um week four shout outs that I wanted to say uh that cuz I'm not really going to get into the games all the games I'm just going to talk about like three or four but before I get to those games I wanted to give some week four shout outs Number one, my number one shout out for the Bills. Shout out to the Bills for beating the Raiders. Uh, they look good. The Bills are four zero. The AFC is. Uh, I still think it's the Chiefs, and then everybody else are like the Chiefs, a, a gap, the Ravens, and then everybody else. But the Bills are are starting to creep up. They're starting to get in that conversation. They're starting to be that third team that is like, all right, maybe they could compete against the Ravens and the Chiefs. They could be the one that. Spoils it for one of them and and prevents us from seeing a Chiefs versus Ravens uh, AFC conference uh, AFC conference final. But um, yeah, the Bills the Bills uh, Josh Allen is playing great. He had another solid game against the Raiders yesterday. The defense looked like they're starting to pick it up. I mean, when you have Josh Allen and they're putting up that many points, the defense just has to be respectable, and they have they've been they've been respectable. They kept the Raiders. They got some timely turnovers, so the Bills are looking good. Um, I had them making the playoffs as the as the highest wild card, and I had the Patriots winning the division. They still haven't played this year, so the Patriots could come back. But the Patriots play the Chiefs today without Cam Newton, so that's going to be a loss. So they're they're going to be two games behind the Bills after four weeks at two and two. So you know they got some work to do. They got they got to catch up to them. So. It's looking pretty good for the Bills. It's looking like they they could win the division this year. So, shout out to the Bills. Another another quick shout out. Shout out to Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, my man, got his first win of the season. Um, they beat the Jaguars. They look good. Uh, Joe Burrow has just look. He looks he looks comfortable in the pocket. He looks comfortable in the NFL. He had a great season last season in, in college, and now he's transitioning to the NFL, and it looks like he's seamless. If you're a Bengals fan, you should be very, very excited for the future. This team is still like not the best. It's still pretty mediocre across the board. But now you have the one piece that could change your franchise. If you have your quarterback, everything else comes within time. And it looks like you have Joe Burrow now. He he looks legit. He looks like he belongs. He looks like he could be um, the second best quarterback in that division after Lamar Jackson. Like it'll be Lamar Jackson. Big Ben's getting getting older. He's probably gonna retire soon. Mayfield, I'll talk about him in a little bit, but I don't trust Mayfield. Joe Burrow, Bengals have Joe Burrow. I feel like him and him and Lamar Jackson 
they're going to compete for the AFC North for a long, long time. I mean, if I'm kind of jealous. If I had a, if I had an NFL team and I see the Bengals with Joe Burrow, I'm like, damn. I'm kind of jealous. I'm kind of jealous of the situation you're in. But shout out to Joe Burrow. You got your first win in the NFL. I know that must have felt good. Um, cheers. Hope hope you guys get. I don't think the Bengals will get many, many more. They'll probably end up with like three or four, maybe five, probably four. I see them getting like four wins, and that's it. But Shout out to Joe Burrow. You've looked amazing, man. I know you're going to have a great season, and you're probably going to win Rookie of the Year. Um, last shout-out I wanted to give, or two more shout-outs. One in the AFC, one in the NFC. Shout-out to the Colts. The Colts, they lost They lost week one to the Titans, I believe, and they didn't look good. Uh, I had said the Colts were going to win the division, and I was really like on the hype train for the Colts, and then people were like, man, you're crazy. But... Now they're three and one. They took care of the Bears. They humbled the Bears. I've been saying the Bears were <laughs> were a fake three and zero. Like I, I did not trust the Bears at three and zero. I was like, I, honestly, I don't even see them making the playoffs. Like they're gonna choke this away. They're gonna finish like eight and eight or something. And the Colts with their number one defense, they they went and just took care of the Bears. Rivers, their new quarterback. Um, he's he's been all right. He hasn't been spectacular. He hasn't been terrible. He's just been all right. He's been good. He's been, you know, he's been what they need. Uh, they're a solid defensive run-first team now, as long as Rivers keeps them in, like, you know, good game management, doesn't take fouls, doesn't take penalties, doesn't get turnovers. They should be all right just because their their roster, the roster that they've built there is a quality roster. So they should they should be they should be a good team going forward. And I, I, I still give them a chance to push for the division. I know the Titans are playing good. But the Colts are playing good, too, and uh, we'll see. We'll see. I'm looking forward to that matchup, Colts versus um, Titans. That should be a good one. So shout-out to the Colts, 3-1. and Shout-out to my homie Luis in San Diego. He's the only Colts fan I know. He's been a Colts fan for the longest. And, uh, you know, they had a rough patch right there when uh, Manning retired and then once Luck retired. But now they have a solid team. It looks like they're turning their season around, their franchise around. So shout-out to the Colts. And my last shout-out before I start to get into these games, shout-out to the Seahawks, 4-0, Russell Wilson for MVP. Russell Wilson for MVP. He tied the record for most touchdowns through four games in the NFL season, tying Peyton Manning. So he's just been playing lights out. The only reason the the reason the Seahawks are 4-0 is just Russell Wilson. If they didn't have Russell Wilson, there's a chance they'll be 0-4, and I'm not even lying. Like they, Russell Wilson is the MVP just because – He's putting up the best numbers as a quarterback right now, and the team would just fall apart if he wasn't there. I feel like with Mahomes, Andy Reid will be able to figure it out. They have a lot of talent everywhere where they could probably make it work. Not, not Obviously, I don't want to take nothing away from Mahomes. They'll obviously miss him, but they wouldn't miss him as much as the Seahawks would miss Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's MVP. I'm going to keep saying it. Russell Wilson for MVP. Let's get this man a vote. Let's get this man an MVP. He's had a great season. He's had a great career. I think he deserves an MVP. He's playing like the best quarterback in the league. Shout out to Russell Wilson. 4-0. Beat the Dolphins. Division leaders. My Super Bowl prediction for the NFC East. I mean, the NFC is for the Seahawks to make it. So, 4-0 Seahawks. Shout out to Russell Wilson. What a great quarterback. All right, so now now that I got the shout-outs out of the way, we can start talking about 
some of the games that really stood out to me, some of the takes that really like um, got, I got from this weekend. I just wanted to reiterate once again, I think I said this last podcast, but I want to reiterate it one more time. The NFC East is the weakest division in football, and it's not even close. The NFC East is embarrassing. It's it's atrocious. They should be ashamed of themselves. It's it's the worst division in football. It's honestly, it I feel bad for NFC teams that are gonna do good, but they're gonna end up second place in their, their division. They're gonna end up with maybe like a ten and six record, and they're gonna have to travel to the, whoever wins the NFC's division because they get a home game. And they don't deserve that. That division is a joke. <laughs> they're the they're the main reason why people are like, okay, we should reformat the playoffs where like just because you win your division, it, it shouldn't guarantee you a home game. Yeah, the NFC East is a joke. The the Eagles had lost two games and had tied one. They were 0-2 and one. And just because they beat the Niners on Sunday night, they are now in first place of the division. Which is ridiculous. It's it's embarrassing. Like it, it's just bad. It's bad for that division. Um. So yeah, let's just let's just talk about uh the Eagles and the Niners real quick. Um, the Eagles got lucky. Just because I mean I don't want to say lucky just because they have a lot of injuries too. They're missing like all their wide receivers. Um, their their line is super beat up. But the Niners also have a lot of injuries, and they have the in- an injury at the most important position, which is a quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo is hurt. He was out again for the Niners. And I've never been a Jimmy Garoppolo fan. I think my my first episode, I was like, Jimmy Garoppolo is, is not good. And, I mean, he's not good for, like, what people think he is. People think he's a franchise quarterback, and, like, he could get you, like, he could put you over the hump, and he could be, like, responsible for – putting an offense on his back. He's not that type of player. He's a quality starter. Don't get me wrong. Like, if you have him as your quarterback, all right, you're cool. If you, you just need other pieces to be, like, really good. But then once you don't have him and you're starting Mullen and he just looks terrible and he's throwing pick sixes and he's just looks like the moment's too big for him, then that's when you really start struggling, and that's what happened with the Niners. They had a nice offensive drive in their first, like, three possessions to get that touchdown. They were looking really good, and then after that, they just went cold. Mullins couldn't couldn't get the offensive going. The offense going, they couldn't get drives. They couldn't sustain drives. It just looked bad for the Niners. I feel bad. I feel bad for them, especially because they're in the hardest division in football, the NFC the NFC West. And uh, hopefully for them, uh, Garoppolo comes back soon, and they're able to get some wins. Because man, if if he's if he's out for a sustained period or even like a couple more weeks. And they drop games here. It's gonna be hard for them to catch up because they don't have easy games in their division. They play in the NFC is probably the stronger, stronger conference. So um, the Eagles, as far as the Eagles go, uh, Wentz played a little better. He had been struggling this season. People were like calling for his job, which is ridiculous. That would never happen. He just signed a fat contract, and no, it would never happen. But played a little better. Um, I feel bad for him. He just doesn't have weapons around him. Alshon Jeffrey's still hurt. Deshaun Jackson can't stay on the field anymore. <laughs> he was throwing to Greg Ward, John Hightower, Travis Fulham, Deontay Burnett. Those were the wide receivers that he was throwing to. If you're not an Eagles fan or you're not related to one of these people and you know their name, like, I am super impressed with your knowledge of football because I had never heard of these. Like, I was watching the game. I'm like, who the hell are these guys? Like, 
Man, I, I feel sorry for Wentz. But he got it done. The Eagles are now in first place of the NFC East. They control their destiny. They're leading that division. It's ridiculous. But I did pick them to win the division. So go Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. Um, I, I, picked, I picked both the Eagles and the Cowboys to make the – the playoffs, and it's, it, there's no way that division sends two play, two teams to the playoffs. But speaking of the Cowboys, Cowboys versus Browns, it was a great game. It was entertaining. Uh, Cowboys took a big lead, and then as as has been customary these last couple of weeks, the Cowboys fought back uh, valiantly and made it a game, but they lost. And uh, now the Cowboys are one and three. Um, not the season, not the start of the season that the Cowboys were hoping to get. Uh, they had a lot of signings or like a lot of expectations coming into this year. They got Lamb, the wide receiver. They got a new head coach, Super Bowl winning um, head coach and, and McCarthy. And, you know, they have a solid team top to bottom. They have one of the best rosters in the league. And uh, I know Jerry Jones expects them to, to win, expects them to compete. And they're one and three. The only reason the Cowboys are not in panic mode right now is because their division is terrible, and they're half a game out of the division lead at one and three. But if I'm, I'm if I'm the Cowboys, if I'm the Cowboy fans, I'm worried. That defense looks terrible. They they look like anybody anybody could score points on the Cowboys. If you play fantasy football, whoever whatever player is playing against the Cowboys, start them. It's a foregone conclusion that they're gonna do good. The Cowboys can't stop anybody. Last week, Russell Wilson destroyed them over the air, threw like five touchdowns. They had no answer for him. And then this week, they give 300 yards rushing to the to the Browns. Which they do have probably the best running running game in the NFL. But 300 yards, like, come on, man! You can't. You gotta be just bad in one. You can't be bad at both. If, if you're bad at, at through the air, at least be kind of stout against the run. Or if you're bad against the run, at least you know be kind of decent through the air. They just keep getting gashed on both facets of the offense. Like, it's looking bad. It's looking bad for the Cowboys. Um, Prescott Prescott has been playing pretty good. He's getting those stats up. Uh, but usually he gets those. I want Prescott to start off hot. The way he plays in the middle when they're, they're way behind, I want him to come out firing like that. I want him to to start the game off super strong and for the Cowboys to take a 14-point lead and then just sustain that lead and put your put your defense in a better position where they're playing ahead instead of behind. Because if, if you start off slow, you should know that your defense can't can't hold down the fort. Your defense can't hold down the fort. You got to start off strong. You can't you cannot score in your first few possessions. You can't turn the ball over. That was a costly turnover. He had a fumble, and then after that, the Browns just went on a run. And, it, and then Elliott fumbled too, and then... It was it just they keep making mistakes. They keep turning the ball over. The offense needs to keep the ball because the defense is terrible and the offense is good. So if the offense is good, you gotta they ha- they have to be the ones carrying that team. The offense needs to put that responsibility on their back. Say if we want to be good, it's because the offense is gonna you know control the tempo, have long drives, keep our defense fresh, keep the other offense off the field, and we can't shoot our defense on the foot, having back to back turnovers and back to back plays. Because, you know, the defense is barely trying to, you know, stay afloat. So that's that's my small takeaway from the Cowboys. Dak Prescott, his stats look good. He's probably going to get paid. 
numbers looked amazing. He's throwing over 500 yards in the game. He's throwing over 450 yards in the game. He got that amazing comeback against the Falcons, even though the Falcons could give up a comeback to anybody. But Prescott doesn't seem to be the, the issue. All he has to do is cut on those turnovers, give his defense a chance, and then somebody has to fix that defense. Do something. I don't know what you got to do, but do something. Make it at least half decent because the way they're playing right now is just atrocious. But luckily for you, Cowboy fans, Cowboy team, you're in the NFC least. You're in the NFC East, the worst division of football. You could probably fall to one and five and still be like a game out of first place by the time week six, six comes around. So, you know, just th- these are growing pains. Just think of it like we're lucky. We're in the worst division of football. Let's try stuff out because if stuff doesn't try out, we probably won't be that far behind the division lead. So if something isn't working right now, just bro, just start trying something else because you're in the division that affords you that liberty to to make up make up games at the end of the season since no one's really gonna distance themselves from the pack. As far as the Browns go, the Browns are an interesting team. They're three and one now. They looked horrible against an elite team like the Ravens, and then since then they've looked decent. Bengals they, they looked alright this week. They look better against the Cowboys. Um. I, before the season, I said the Cow- the Browns were going to make the playoffs, and I'm pretty confident in that pick. I was like, all right, they have a lot of talent, a lot of offensive talent. They kind of rebuild their line. Their defensive, their defense is amazing. They have probably the best rusher in the league right now, Miles Garrett, on their team. But I don't trust Mayfield. I really don't. And I think, I think the Browns don't trust Mayfield, which is the worrying part. Or they know what they have with Mayfield. Like they're running a uh, end around throws. Uh, What's his name? Jarvis Landry is throwing 40-yard bombs to OBJ on, like, a trick play. They're doing end-arounds just to get uh, OBJ more more involved in the game because they probably don't trust Baker Mayfield to get him the ball. Which So I got to tip my hat off to the offensive coordinator. He, he's definitely, like, uh, he's changed the Browns' offense. He's made it more exciting. He's made it more different. But I think, I think my takeaway is that he's doing that because he doesn't trust Mayfield. He saw game one. He saw a little bit of the Bengals game when he threw that pick, and he's like, okay, you know what? If, if we throw 30, 40 times, Mayfield is going to mess this up. He, he's, he's always due for, like, a pick or, like, a bad play. So let's just run the ball 35, 40 times. Let's keep, let's keep Mayfield's throws, his count of throws as low as we can, and we'll have a chance. And I think they do have a chance. They have Chubb and Hunt. Chubb, I think he just got announced that he's going to be out for maybe six, seven weeks, so hopefully he gets better. But Hunt is good enough where he could just carry the load by himself. Hunt, when he was with the Chiefs, he was an amazing running back, and then he had, you know, his his issues offside of outside of football, and now he's back. So he's still a quality running back. I think they could run Hunt till Chubb comes back, and they could even, like, not rush Chubb back just because Hunt is, like, that good of a running back. At the end of the day, the the Browns are stacked. They have one of the deepest rosters, one of the most star-studded rosters. They're deep everywhere. So I do think I do still think they're going to make the playoffs like I predicted. I just don't see them making a playoff run just because in the in the playoffs Mayfield's going to have to make throws. Mayfield's going to have to, you know, elevate himself to like an upper echelon of quarterbacks and I just don't see him as that type of quarterback yet. Maybe in the offseason he could keep growing or maybe throughout the season he'll progress but as of right now I just I don't trust Mayfield to 
to, no, to take him in a deep playoff run. <clears throat> Another quarterback that I really hadn't trusted or I had my doubts about was Tom Brady. Especially after game one, he hadn't looked the same. He looked kind of old. People are questioning his arm. He's 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 over forty. That game, that game yesterday against the Chargers, Brady looked amazing. Brady brought them back. He threw an ugly pick six at the beginning of the game, which was which got like all of Twitter going. Got everybody talking about Brady. Everybody was like, "Okay, there it is. He's done. This, this is all the evidence we need." Like, he can't throw no more. This is. This is like his fourth pick six in his last six games going back to last season. But then Brady turned it on. Brady turned it on. Uh, he looked good after that throw. He started connecting with people down the field. Godwin was out. O.J. Howard got hurt, and he's done for the season. So he was losing weapons. He was losing weapons. Um, he has The offseason was, was weird because of COVID. He hasn't gotten those reps against – uh, with all these wide receivers that he has, and now they're f- falling down like flies, and he still got it done. He threw five touchdowns. He, he had over a hundred yards with Mike Evans, I believe. He's starting to get that connection going. He just looked good, man. He looked good. He looked good. The Bucks, the Bucks. If, if Brady could play like this, the Bucks are going to be a super, super tough out for anybody. I'm excited to see if Brady could keep this up. He, he's the goat. Growing up, I always I always liked Manning over Brady. Like I I don't know why, but I just like Manning's like pre pre um, pre huddle or like pre snap. He like I like his pre snaps, like audibles. I like like how he played the game. I liked all his hand signals, all that stuff. So I was more of a Manning than Brady guy. But I cannot deny that Brady is the goat. Brady is the best quarterback of all time. He's the most accomplished. The things he has, he has done are just some of them are unfathomable, unfathomable, and uh, well now if he, if he if he goes on a deep playoff run with the Bucks, it's just like okay, like he's just he's just pushing himself so much further out from anybody, and and he's probably motivated because Mahomes from the Chiefs looks like he could potentially push Brady's uh, status for the for the all-time best quarterback. So yeah, I mean it was it was nice to see Brady, it was nice to see Brady uh, have a good game. It was, it was pretty like eye catching. I was, I was watching the game and I was like, "Damn, like he's forty three. Like what? That's crazy. He's playing way better than like all these other." Which, which, kind of got me thinking. Like, if the Niners would have traded for him, how how good would they be right now? Which is a it's a topic for a different story. But Brady, I mean, the, I, I've seen analysts say that this is an anomaly that Brady's arm is done. That he hasn't been able to throw like this since like 2018, 2017. That this was just like a like once in a blue moon that he he's gonna have a good game like this and that he's gonna he's gonna regress to like being an old old quarterback that can't push the ball down the field. But we'll see, we'll see out. The one thing I've learned through my years of watching football is that you don't bet against Brady. <laughs> you just don't if you're trying to lose money, bet against Brady. Cause he he figures out how to get stuff done. And uh but yeah the Bucks look good. As far as the Chargers go on that game, Herbert looked really, really nice. The Chargers have found their quarterback. I was a little bit skeptical on Herbert just because it looked like he was super raw. It looked like they kind of got him too early. They, they could have gotten somebody else further down the draft, and they would have had almost the same value. But 
Shout out to the Chargers. They found their quarterback. He looks really, really good. Him him and Joe Burrow have just looked really, really solid to start their 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 uh, careers off. Um, Herbert especially. Joe Burrow, it's not so much of a surprise just because he's he's older. He's a little bit older. Um, his, his game is more refined. He, he People were saying that maybe his ceiling wasn't as high, but his floor was super high just because he's just a, a really good thrower of the football. But Herbert, Herbert looked, Herbert has looked great, man. He's he's making down the field throws. Uh, he's he's throwing the ball to like receivers that like they're not big names. Obviously, Keenan Allen is a, is a big name, but he was throwing passes to like receivers that I don't even know their names. He was making that offensive click. The Chargers actually looked like a like a decent offense with him on the field. Um, I watched like the first game with Tyrod Taylor, and it just looked bad. It looked like it looked like the offensive coordinator. Couldn't call all the plays that he wanted. It looked like they were very limited in what they could do just because Tyrod Taylor, for all the – everyone always, you know, celebrates how much of a professional he is and how good of a teammate he is. And that's fine and all. I respect Tyrod Taylor, but his game is very limited. He's he, If you have him as your starting quarterback, you're not really aspiring to do much of anything in the NFC, NFL season. You're just, you're just an irrelevant team, in my opinion, if you have Tyrod Taylor as your starting quarterback. That's why I was like, I still have a lot of Charger friends and Charger homies, and I'm from San Diego, so I know they're not in San Diego, but I'm from San Diego, so I like that was the team I rooted for when they were there. So I I still have a lot of Chargers like news and feeds like on my Twitter or stuff like that, and I was just uh opposed to getting Tyrod Taylor as a starting quarterback. I was either you get a rookie QB and and you let them do their thing, or you get Cam Newton. And and Coach Lynn obviously liked Tyrod Taylor a lot, but it's unfortunate that the doctor punctured his his lung while trying to give him a shot, and that it sucks that he's gonna lose his job because of that, because that's super unfortunate. Like that shouldn't happen ever. But the way Herbert has been playing, there's no denying that he's the offense and and the team as a whole is is better with him. And if Coach Lynn doesn't doesn't do that change, if if Tyrod Taylor comes back and and he keeps his job, I know he's going to lose the locker room. I feel like he's already losing the locker room. He's already losing the fans. But if Lynn starts Tyrod Taylor, I think Charger fans should, you know, riot, should go do something, <laughs> should should uh, oh, tweet at him, not not hurt the man, but they should they should voice their opinion on how what a bad decision that would be because with Tyrod Taylor, the Chargers are just another – AFC mediocre mediocre team that no one really cares about, no one's really worried. With Justin Herbert, the Chargers could be potentially like a uh, a thorn in, on teams' sides. They could they could spoil a season for somebody. They could steal a game from somebody and ruin their season. They have the potential to be that team. I don't think the Chargers are gonna make the playoffs. They just it's too early in Herbert's career, and Coach Lynn might not be the best coach to get the job done, but. They could definitely spoil a season or two for some teams that are vying for those wild card spots. So, if I'm the Chargers, bench Tyrod Taylor, apologize to him, send him some flowers and cookies, tell him that the the puncturing of his lung was super accidental, that it's never going to happen again. Hopefully, he doesn't sue you guys. But Justin Herbert, he should be their starting quarterback moving forward. And the future is bright for that kid. He looks great. He throws the ball with a lot of confidence. I'm happy for them. I'm happy for my Charger, all my Charger friends. It looks like you guys now have a legit quarterback. And, yeah, he looks good. 
the last the last game that I wanted to talk about for from week four of the NFL was uh, Vikings versus Texans. Before this week, I had said uh, they were both 0-3. Both teams made the playoffs last year. Both teams won, won a playoff game last year. The Vikings beat the Saints, and then the Texans beat uh, the Bills. And both of them had at least playoff aspirations for this year, or maybe even more. The Texans have, I think, the most expensive team in the league right now. So they had they had at least playoff hopes for this year. The, like, the Vikings invested a lot of money. They gave Cousins uh, uh extension. Both teams, like, I just want to reiterate, both teams had playoff aspirations, minimum. And they both came into this week 0-3. Whoever lost was going to go to 0-4 and, and just done. I, I think both teams are done, but once you go 0-4, like, that's that's a wrap for your season. You're done. So I, I, my prediction before the game was that whoever loses this game, their coach is not going to make it to the end of the season. And the Vikings won. So fire Bill Bryant, Texans. What are you guys waiting for? He's, he's, a, he's a bad coach. He's a worse GM. He doesn't know what he's doing. He comes from the Bill Belichick coaching tree. That's the only reason why he got this job or why he still has this job. He's connected. He's probably connected really well. He must he must have some dirt on the Texans GM. That's the only reason I could see why he's still the head coach for the Texans. He has completely mishandled that team. They're in a horrible cap situation. They don't have their first-round picks. They can't protect the Watson. They, they lost their star wide receiver. They traded for an old running back. Their defense can't stop anybody. It, it just looks terrible. What are the Texans doing? Fire Bill O'Brien. Move on from that mess. Help Watson. Help. He's Watson is probably top five QB in the league. I love his game. Like, help him. Help him. They they really traded his number one receiver, one of the best wide receivers in the league, Hopkins, for, uh, for David Johnson, a watched running back that hasn't been the same in the last three, four years. He had, like, one good one really really good year four years ago and you traded for him he's obviously washed that's why the cardinals traded for drake and now you traded your best wide receiver for him and then you you trade a first or yeah i think they traded first for cooks and he had zero catches for zero yards two targets just he's not a good wide receiver he's bounced around the league the patriots didn't want him the rams didn't want him there's a reason for this, and uh, yeah, it's just Bill O'Brien has just done a disservice to the Texans. He's done a disservice to Watson. Um, it, it's just, it's just bad. It's, it's, it's embarrassing that the Texans. I think they actually gave him a contract extension this year too, at the end of last year, and he just completely mishandled that playoff game against the, the Chiefs. They like had a 24-0 lead and they blew it going for fake punts like you just and not going for it on fourth and one and and they're on the on the opponent's side like what are you doing i feel sorry for texans fans they deserve better they had a rough like end of the tenure with matt schaub that that ended ugly and then now they have watson and they had hopkins and they're like all right like that's our that's our new modern age schaub and and andre johnson and you know, it's, it just doesn't seem like this is going to end well either. And it just looks like, come on, like we've had a really we've had a good quarterback and wide receiver play like for the best bet latter part of like these last five, ten years. And we can't get anything done. So it's just it's just unfortunate for the Texans. 
they traded they traded for David Johnson and Brandon Cooks. That should that should tell you all you need to know about Bill O'Brien. Fire Bill O'Brien. He's done. He 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 lost that locker room. He he's not a good coach. Get him back. Get him back to New England. He's better as a coordinator. Move on from your mistake. Help Watson. Watson deserves a better a better coach. Someone that could actually help him out. Someone that could protect him. As far as the Vikings, I think they're done too. They they got this win, which is good. But they play Seattle next, and then they play the Falcons, and then they play Green Bay again. And they're not going to beat the Seahawks. They're not going to beat the Seahawks. They might beat the Falcons, and they're not going to beat Green Bay. So they're going to lose two out of their next three. They're already one and three. They're about to go two and five. At two and five, you're done. You, I don't want to hear it. No, wait, two and five, one and three, one and two. Yeah, yeah two and five. They're going to be two and five. Season's done. Um, like I said, they had they, had, they should have had playoff or higher aspirations. They finally got a playoff win with Cousins last year but they're done they're, that defense is too beat up uh the running back cook is, is running well but he can't do everything honestly cousins is not playing all that bad he's playing all right they, but i just don't trust him to to lead them into a second second uh playoff run or i don't trust them to bring him back this season like they're one and three they're about to be two and five they're done um the one silver lining for the vikings is that the Justin Jefferson, this is a big wide receiver from LSU. He looks like he's a real deal. Uh, they should be excited for him. Pairing him next to Thielen should be great moving forward. Uh, they should, they just got to, you know, retool that defense, uh, offensive line a little bit, and just run it back maybe next year. I just don't see them coming back this year. And the schedule is hard. Green Bay and Seahawks is just going to be tough. They might even lose to the Falcons. The Falcons, for all the crap they get, they could put up points against anybody, and the Vikings' defense is beat up. So we'll see. But I think the Vikings are done. I think the Vikings are done. The Texans are for surely done. That's a wrap. File Bill O'Brien. So, yeah, that was that was the NFL week four. It was, it was a fairly entertaining week. Um, maybe not as entertaining as the other weeks just because the matchups weren't, like, anything crazy. But uh, we still have two games today. Later on, right now it's uh it's Monday like around noon, so we still got the the Chiefs uh, the Chiefs versus Patriots game, but but uh what's his name Cam Newton's not gonna be playing because of COVID, so Chiefs should win Henley and then Falcons versus Green Bay Falcons, let's see if they could turn their season around. Let's see if they could at least get one win. I don't think so. Green Bay should run away with it and then uh because of COVID the Titans versus Steeler game got postponed so that got pushed back so still three games from this from this week that are still in the air that we still got to see what results they have but yeah week four week four of the nfl it was a, it was a good week it was a good week if you're a brady fan it was a good week if you're a seahawks fan it's it's a good week if you're an eagles fan i guess i mean i don't know how happy you could be being in the lead at one two and one but yeah week four of the nfl uh, let's move on to the the Premier League. I've I've been wanting to talk about the Premier League. Premier League had a crazy crazy weekend. Um, just unprecedented unprecedented results all over all over the all over the league. Leicester couldn't beat Leeds. United got trashed. Liverpool got trashed. Just a crazy crazy weekend. Um, I do have to say this. I, I said this in one of my other podcasts. 
I feel like defense, defense, soccer and defense and soccer is at an all-time low right now. Like, it, like even the elite teams, the 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 teams in the Premier League that are that are definitely pushing for for the title, their defense is not good. They make a lot of mental mistakes. They they leave a lot of gaps. It's a lot of teams get a lot of chances on them, and they either have really good keeping at the back. Or the other teams just can't put their chances away. And it's not like one team that I just look at. It's like Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester United. Um, even 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 like uh like Leicester, they be having like bad defensive moments. Like it's just it just looks like across the league, across the world, like even like I remember Real Madrid messed up, Moran messed up, Barca has a bad defense. Like it's just you just look across the league and the world of soccer and it just feels like defense is just bad it's just it's a bad time for defense right now a lot of mistakes like a lot of mistakes that you would you would expect to happen like every so often and then you make fun of them because they they're not that common but now these mistakes are come are coming so often that you can't really clown on on a defender for making that mistake because you're like oh you're you're just like the person that did that mistake last week or not even last week like earlier today or yesterday If that makes any sense, it made sense in my head. But basically, I'm trying to say that these mistakes are more common now. So players are getting more of a pass just because they're so common. Whereas back in the day, they weren't as common. So if you make one of these mistakes, you'll be like, well, what are you doing? Like, you're making a really bad mistake. And now it's like, well, I can't really, you know, clown on you too hard because such and such defender just did the same thing last week. And such and such a defender just did that mistake earlier today and it's just like defense is bad defense is bad we need an influx of talent we need italy italy what are you doing get us some defenders uh germany get us some defenders like uh, defenders if you have a strong center back presence or like two pairing like just hold on to them because defense is super hard to replace right now just the best defender in the world van dyke like he's really good but even him he can't like cover for everyone on his line they'd be having lapses too uh but yeah let's get started right away the first game i wanted to talk about manchester united what is, what is wrong with manchester united what's going on with manchester united like ever since sir alex ferguson left that franchise that team has just been terrible they can't seem to get their coach right they can't seem to get their roster right the roster has never looked like a competent roster it doesn't look like the 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 pieces fit together it's just like what like it's been like seven years since he left and they still can't get it together and yesterday they had Mourinho come back to to Old Trafford one of their probably the most successful coach they've had since Sir Alex and you know he he got he got kicked out and he left kind of ugly and people didn't like him but man Mourinho when he exited Manchester, he said that getting second place with that Manchester United team was probably the biggest accomplishment in his career or one of the biggest accomplishments in his career. And, you know, people saw that as a as a shot at United just because De Mourinho is super accomplished. He's, he's won the treble, I believe, twice with Porto and Milan and Inter Milan. And then uh, for him to say that getting second place with United is one of his biggest accomplishments, it just felt like, all right, it's Mourinho being Mourinho, just taking a shot at United. But honestly, 
United hasn't. There's United should not be sniffing second place with the roster they have. Even now, they have a better roster now than when Mourinho was there. But at that time, if you look at their roster, that that roster has no business being second place. So that was probably a master job by Mourinho, just getting them to second place. And then since then, they haven't. They've only sniffed um, top three, I think, twice, which was last year, and then with Mourinho when they got second place. And even last year, they backed into that third spot. That, that third spot, they didn't. They didn't particularly play that good. But I mean, United. United has spent a lot of money. I, I don't think. Uh, I don't think they're bad because they're not spending money. I just. I think they're bad because they're they're spending money in in the wrong players. They're they're not developing their players once they get there. They've missed on their coaches for the most part. Ole needs to go. I mean, what are the signs that they've made? They they brought in like Alexis Sanchez, they brought in Depay. Like all these signings have just been bust. And the most the most recent ones are Pogba's been there for what three four years now, and he's never looked like the Juve Pogba. He's never looked like the player that warranted all that hype. I remember if you guys don't remember when Pogba was like getting ready to leave Juve, everybody wanted him. He was a generational talent. Real Madrid wanted him. Barcelona wanted him. United wanted him. City wanted him. Everybody wanted him. Everybody wanted him. And United were the ones that got him. And I was like, damn, all right, he's he's gonna come in there and he's gonna change United. He's he's that type of talent. And he he looks like a liability now. It, it looks like he's lazy out there. He makes half chances. He makes half-ass slides. He gave away a penalty yesterday because he did like a really lazy slide that he just like left his body on the ground and. The player being smart dragged his foot and earned a penalty. And I believe, like, on the fifth goal, he was supposed to be covering for his right back, and he's just walking easy through pass where Pogba should have been, and then they score. He, he just looks like he, he's, not, he's not interested in playing hard. He's he's not even, like, 70% of the player he was at Juve where he was scoring he was scoring bangers from all over the field. He was running from one end of the field to the other, just dribbling through defenders. He has never looked that way for United. I think they should cut their losses. They should get rid of him and get a player that fits better with Bruno Fernandes and just, just move on from him. Because Ju- Pogba, the Jube Pogba is never going to show up for United. It's been, it's been long enough. He, he's It just doesn't seem like that was a good fit, that that was a good transfer. They should move on. They should let him... I think Juba fits him better. He should just go to a different team. He needs to change his scenery because, uh, yeah, it's just not working out at United. But with that being said, that's, that has not been the worst signing by United. The worst signing in recent history, Maguire, Harry Maguire, for 80 million euros. Are you kidding me? That is ridiculous. This man is terrible. He's so bad at soccer. I don't know how he's the most expensive center back ever. Like, it's laughable to think that they spent 80 million euros on this guy. Um, it's just bad. Like if you if you watch the game, they got they got absolutely wrecked by Tottenham, but they were up 1-0 because they got an early penalty, and then Maguire just shits the bed basically. He has a ball. He has a defender on him. He tries to header it back to one of his one of his teammates. It, it bounces off him, goes over his head. And then he just starts going on full panic mode. He doesn't know how to clear the ball. Luke Shaw's in front of him. Looks like he, he could be in a good position to clear the ball. Maguire kind of tackles Luke Shaw to the ground instead of just letting him clear. The ball just 
keeps bouncing in the box and then Tottenham pushes it in to the to the to the goal and it's it's 1-1 and then Maguire is asking for a foul asking for like getting on his teammates the worst part is Maguire is the captain you have that weak ass defender as your captain what are you doing United and that that falls on the coach how are you going to sign Maguire as your captain give it to Bruno give it to somebody that's actually decent actually good give it to Rashford give it to, give it to somebody don't give it to your mediocre waste of space defender like that's that's disgusting like there's no way he should because now if you bench him you're like you're benching your captain like it just makes him harder it's already hard enough to bench him just because you spent so much money on him but now he's your captain too it's just why would you put yourself in that predicament you you've been known he's not a good center back take that captain armband off him he's terrible and the second goal there was another one there was another moment where he's super clumsy i think harry kane's checking to receive the ball he like chests the ball and then harry <laughs> harry Maguire just comes from behind and just tackles him super clumsy just tackles him in the back and then harry kane being the smart player that he is gets up quickly sees the hole that Maguire left by coming to foul him Puts a through ball to to Sun and then Sun's left one on one against against the keeper and just does a little nice chip and Tottenham takes a two one lead and it's just like man Maguire you're you're the worst you're you're not worth even forty million euros or twenty like if I how much money could could United potentially get back from Maguire I don't know I I would not want to get him he reminds me of Kepa like he's the most expensive keeper and he's cheeks. That's the same thing I think about Maguire, but probably even worse. Probably worse. Maguire is just, he's terrible. He's so bad. I feel sorry for United fans. You went from having Vidic and Rio Ferdinand to having Harry freaking Maguire that can't do nothing. Uh, United needs a new coach. They need a new center back. They need a new right back. They need new forwards. They need a lot of stuff, man. Thankfully, it looks like they're gonna sign Cavani on a free. He's a free. He's a free agent, so they could get Cavani, but that's not gonna really help them. They need. They need to show up their defense. Luke Shaw, after that injury that he's had, even before he was never that great of a defender, in my opinion. After that injury, he's just fallen off a cliff. He leaves that side super exposed, and puts his center backs in a bad position, and they're already not that good. Maguire needs to go. Luke Shaw needs to go. Ole needs to go. It's just it's it's laughable. It's it's kind of it's upsetting that United has fallen this far. Um, they weren't the only team that got trashed this weekend, but they're they're the worst team off out of all the teams right now, because United had history and they got trashed and they got nothing going for them. Like there's not a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, it's just a bad team. It's been a rough. It's, it's been a rough time since Sir Alex left, and it looks like it's not getting better. It looks like it's getting worse. So. United, you got to do something, man. It, like I said, I don't think they'll fall as far off as like AC Milan fell off. But the world of soccer is better when AC Milan is a powerhouse or when they're relevant. And I feel like it's the same with United. The world soccer is better when United is a relevant team. The EPL is better when United is a relevant championship contending team. And they're just not that right now. And it's upsetting and it sucks. But they got to do something. And I think it starts with letting go of Ole. He, he was a good player for them. He's not a good head coach. He hasn't done anything as a coach to warrant being the head coach for United. He he got he got Stoke relegated. Like, get him out of here. Get him out of here. Get Potocino. Move on. United, you got you to gotta do something. You can't just keep going on like this. It's upsetting. I'm not a United fan, and it's getting me, like, super worked up. 
But I know United fans are not happy. They deserve better. Fire Ole. Get rid of Maguire. Get rid of Luke Shaw. Tell Pablo to get his, his act together or else he's out too. And that should be what they're preaching. But <clears throat> thankfully, thankfully for United, Liverpool was like, you'll never walk alone and got trashed by Aston Villa. 7-2. They're the first champions in the Premier League era to get to allow seven goals to get scored on them. Um, super surprising result. Not going to lie. Not going to be like, oh, I saw this coming. No one saw this coming. Liverpool have been playing relatively good. Um, they started off kind of slow against Leeds. I, I felt like Leeds deserved a tie on match day number one. But they were able to, you know, sneak out the 4-3 victory. And then after that, they beat Chelsea and they beat Arsenal. And I was like, all right, Liverpool's Liverpool got this, man. This is the Liverpool that we want to see. And now they dropped a 7-2 loss to Aston Villa. And Aston Villa is having a surprise season. But there's no reason Liverpool should be losing to Aston Villa, let alone leaving, letting them score seven goals on them. They looked flat. They looked uninspired. They looked like they gave up. Like At some point, you got to have some pride and say, all right, they scored five on us. They scored four or five on us. That's it. They're not going to score any more on us. We're we're the reigning champions. We're we're we've been talked about as one of the best teams ever. We've been in that conversation after the start we had last year. We've made signings. We should potentially push for a treble this year. We had a bad day. It stops here. They're not going to score more than five goals on us. We're going to hunker down. We're going to take this be- this beating on the chin, and we're going to move on from it, and we're going to grow from this, and that's it. But they didn't do that. They allowed them to score seven goals on them. It was just, just so bad. Like five, all right, bad day. Seven, man, what are you guys doing? Uh, I think it starts with Mane being out because of COVID and Allison being out because of an injury. Uh, I've been saying this about Liverpool. They need to find a better a better keeper, backup keeper. I, I, they, got, they just have to find a better backup keeper. Because Allison, for he's he might be the best keeper in the world right now. You could you could debate that with like other keepers. But he's definitely in the conversation for the best keeper in the world. If you have him as your number one, I'm not mad. If you have Oblak as your one, I don't, I'm not mad either. It doesn't matter. He's the top three keeper for sure. Top three, top four. Um, when he's out, they really miss him. The thing about Allison is like every season he's due to miss at least a couple games. He always find, he always gets a little knock here and there. And Liverpool should know that by now. And they should know that going into the season, having all these lofty goals and having Adrian as your backup is not the play. It's not a good play. It's not a good look. Like, you can't just hope Allison's always going to be healthy because we've seen that he gets hurt. So the backup just got to be better. They got They have to invest into a better backup keep. He, Adrian started off the day giving the ball away to Aston Villa. And letting them basically score a push-in goal. It was just open goal, basically. And he's just bad. And the, the team has enough talent to to come back after a mistake like that. But they just look flat. I don't want to give Adrian all the, all the, all the blame. Because, honestly, Aston Villa could have dropped 10 on Liverpool. They just didn't finish some of their chances. They had two or three, like, open goals. Not, not open goals, but, like, one-on-one kind of situations where... If you have a clinical finisher, like, that should be it. It should be a wrap. It should be a goal. But they, like, didn't kick it right and it went to the side. And I was like, damn. Like, especially when it was, like, 3-0 three, 
three one or something. I was like, damn, they could really push this, and they missed their chances. And I still thought like, oh my god, like this this missed chance is gonna hurt them. Like, you can't just because you're up like three one on Liverpool doesn't mean like you're gonna win. I always thought like Liverpool's gonna come back, and I, I'm like, damn, those missed chances. They might look back at this and they're gonna think like Leeds. They're gonna be like, damn, we were up so much and we we lost four three. So I always thought Liverpool had have that punching power where they could always come back. And Aston Villa was missing some some clear chances. So I was like, damn, this is going to come back to bite them. But they, they dropped seven on them. It could have been ten. And Liverpool had, just has to bite, come back from this. The, the thing Liverpool has going for this, that you could, you, could, you could see this game and you could be like, all right, it was one bad game and we'll get back to it. We're still the champions. We still have trouble with aspirations. And we've had a, a, a good, like, two, three-year run where, like, it kind of shields us from all the negativity. United hasn't had hasn't done nothing in the last few years. So it just seems like they're going on nosedive. For Liverpool, I'll say this about them. Just get a better backup keep. Hope Allison comes back and get that defense together because it seems like teams have figured out how to expose Liverpool. Uh, they like to push their wingbacks up. So if you get them on the on the – if you get them like backpedaling, if you find that hole that they leave pushing their wing backs up, it's it's kind of easy to to get their defense like, scrambling. So yeah, like ever since they restarted last year, or ever since like Liverpool kind of wrapped up the the EPL season last year and they took that big lead, ever since that Wat- Watford loss, that Liverpool defense has not looked the same. It's looked I don't know what's going on. It could just be that teams are figuring them out, but that defense has not looked the same since that loss to Watford last season. And I've been mentioning it. I, I thought I thought the excuse I gave them last season is all right. They pretty much wrapped up the season. Like, what are they really playing for right now? Just records. Like, yeah, that that could motivate you, but that's not enough. That could not be enough. So that was the that was the pass or excuse I gave them last season. All right, you know what? They wrapped up the season. Like, you got to cut them some slack. Like, they're champions already. Why why are they gonna go out there and you know try for like as hard as they would when they weren't like secured? But now the season started. They're trying to repeat. They're trying to get the trouble, and their defense still has a lot of holes. They've given up 11 goals in like four games or three games. It's just not not a good performance. I need Van Dyke to step up. I need Van Dyke to get that defense together, and I need a uh, Klopp to get that defense together because if they don't, it'll be a long season. I don't think it'll be a long season, but they 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 definitely won't run away with it as they did last year. And and the trouble goals will go down because if you go to Europe with this defense or you're making these mistakes in Europe in the Champions League, bad things are going to happen to you. As far as Aston Villa, I want to apologize. I want to say I'm sorry. Last year, you guys barely got, uh, you guys barely missed relegation. I had you guys as one of the, the team that was going to come, that was going to go re- get relegated this year. I thought uh, Grealish might leave and I just didn't like the roster that you guys were building. But, they made a nice signing in Ollie Watkins, highest transfer for a championship team, championship player going to the going to the EPL. He scored a hat trick yesterday. He looked good, especially that second goal where he put it like on the top right corner. That was class. Shout out to Ollie Watkins. It looks like he's a good signing. Jack Grealish is playing out of his mind. He had like two goals and he had a couple assists, I believe, too. He was really involved. He 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 was dribbling all over Van Dyke. He, he made him look bad. He made that whole defense look bad. Shout out to Jack Grealish. He's always been a good player. Uh, they've linked him with uh, big teams for numerous years because he's a quality player. Uh, maybe he stays a little longer just because they look good. They're in second place right now. Aston Villa, they got nine points. 
if, un- unless something really bad happens or a lot of injuries hit this team, Aston Villa should stay up in the Premier League this year. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had you as one of the three teams that I had getting relegated. That was that was on me. I read the room wrong. I didn't read the roster right. You guys are definitely putting some teams. You guys are raising eyebrows. Shout out to Aston Villa. You guys look good. I hope you guys keep it together and, uh, you know, keep playing good. It, it was – <laughs> you guys made yesterday even more shocking. It was already shocking once Tottenham destroyed um, Manchester United, but now it was, th- this was just like, a, whoa, what's going on today type of, type of moment once, once Aston Villa beat Liverpool. Um, but, yeah, Liverpool, get your, get your stuff together. Luckily for you guys – the day before Manchester City dropped points against Leeds. Um, Manchester City just hasn't looked good at all to start the season. Uh, it looks like they're missing their firepower. They can't, they're not scoring the goals that they're accustomed to scoring. Their defense looks weak. Another team that has spent a lot of money and just can't seem to get their defense together. That's, that's, this is all the evidence I need to, to keep harping on the point that defense across the world is just at all-time low. Big teams are spending big money on defense, and it just doesn't seem to get better. Manchester City, namely being one of them, I think it has to do with their high press. They press really high, so their back line is really high. So if, if you send balls over the top, they get kind of exposed. So maybe Manchester City should should push back a little more and give their defense a little help by dropping them back a little more. But um, they're, lucky, they're lucky that Leicester lost. They're lucky that Liverpool lost. They're lucky that Manchester United lost. Um, they're they're lucky that Chelsea dropped points to uh, West uh, to West Brom last last week, because they could have put themselves in a hole already losing to uh, losing to Leicester last weekend and tying Leeds. Um, I think City will 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 get it together. Guardiola is is a good head coach, and the the roster that they have is amazing. They probably have the best roster along with Liverpool and the whole EPL. So just off the strength of that, they should have enough. They should have enough to get to get it together and compete for the championship. But it's just it's just one of these things. Like this if you if you're losing points to Leeds, like when is when like City, their goal should be to win league and Champions League. And like they should they should tune their defense during the EPL season so that when they go to Europe they're not just playing horrible and getting knocked out because it's it's kind of getting to the point where it's embarrassing that City has not progressed further in the Champions League after all the money that is, they've spent. They need, to, they need to get to a final. They need to get to a semifinal and really, you know, get their money's worth for all the money they spent. And just matches like this against Leeds is just it's another thing that you're like, okay, it's just United. United I mean, City, you just... Realistically, you just have goals to win the league, and that's pretty much it. Like, you don't play with the, with the, with the competitive drive that you need to go win in Europe. But might be wrong. It might just be a little slip up, two slip ups in two weeks. Um, Leeds United, uh, they they've looked like a solid team. They probably should have gotten a tie against Liverpool in week one. Unlucky to not get a point, and now they get a point from City. It looks like they're building something over there. It's always nice to see small teams, you know, get results or sneak up against the top six and give them a scare. So it was it was nice to see Leeds. Uh, 
it's been nice to see Leeds be competitive at the beginning of the season. I don't know if they'll be able to sustain it. It looks like they really try for their head coach. Their head coach has them like playing really, really strong and really tough, and they're running all over the place. And it looks like you know they're they're basically they're saving they're saving no stamina like for after the game. They're leaving it all out on the field, which is this is more than you can say for a lot of coaches just to have your players playing all out for you. So good for Leeds. Good for Leeds. Uh, hopefully they're they get to you know keep improving and they stay in the Premier League. They're they're a pretty uh they're a pretty fun team to watch and I kind of I like watching them so I hope they stay in the Premier League. Um, so I j- just wanted to uh, give Everton a shout out. Top of the top of the league four for four. Is Merseyside blue? That's the question for today. Is Merseyside blue? Like hey, we've been we've been uh hyping up Liverpool these last few years. And now Everton looks like they've awakened. They're there. The Merseyside Derby is in two weeks. Uh, EPL is off this week because of international duties. International teams, uh, they're going to go play for the international team. So the EPL is on a one-week break. So, but when we come back in two weeks, uh, Everton versus Liverpool, the Merseyside Derby, is it blue, is it red? We'll, we'll find out. Liverpool got trash 7-2 so you know they'll they'll be wanting to bounce back and show the show everyone that they're the champions and that they, they should be the favorites Everton is, fi- is firing on all cylinders 4-4-4 four, four, four. James Rodriguez looks like 2014 Brazil James Rodriguez he's he's amazing he might be the best number 10 in the league that position is kind of dying but James is bringing it back he looks like he's stringing the offense the offense looks super fluid super fun super fun team going forward uh Calvert Lewin has nine goals in six games. He got that England call up now. He's a tall striker that can move. He's good with his head. He's good with his foot. Ancelotti looks like he turned that team around. Um with the former with the head coach before him, uh I saw the statistic that once once uh Everton were down, they never got a, a win with that with their previous head coach. So if you were just up one oh with that on Everton the 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 worst that could happen is that they would tie that they would tie against Everton like that they would there was no possibility there was not even a chance that Everton would come back and take the game from you guys and under Ancelotti that's already happened numerous times they've gone down on the field they've gone down to other teams and I think I said the longest that they take to come back and score the equalizer is six minutes which is ridiculous it just shows that Ancelotti has changed the team's mentality they're playing far hard for him. They, they they never quit. They know that they could come back in a in a game. And uh, yeah, Everton looks really good. It's it's a really fun team to watch. If you guys haven't seen Everton play, it's a must watch. Liverpool versus Everton is a must watch. It's in two weeks. Um, what's today? It's the fifteenth. I think it's in twelve days. It's on the seventeenth, I believe. Watch that game. Circle that game into your calendars. Everton versus Liverpool is going to be a great game. Top of the top of the leaderboards right now, Everton against the current champions, Merseyside Derby. Hamas has looked amazing. Everton has looked amazing. Liverpool is still Liverpool. It's gonna be a great game. Ancelotti versus Klopp. Another another storyline. It's just gonna be a fun, fun game. If you have not seen if you have if you're not if you're not planning on watching this game, I suggest you watch it. But yeah, that was the that was my takeaways and my what I got from match day four of the EPL of the Premier League season. It was a crazy weekend of sports. Crazy, crazy weekend of sports. Um, but yeah, this is this has been episode number nine of the Hard to Handle Sports Podcast. My name is Ismael San Juan. 
thank you guys so much for listening to me if you made it this far subscribe to my podcast subscribe to my youtube channel thank you so much have a good one